NXT. So I, I spring her over and, and put her with that team. Raquel Rodriguez has to be in a dominant tag team uh, or a faction. I agree with you because she just, she does okay on promos, but she's not great. And I think, you know, I still believe she should be a part of Bailey's faction. We'll get more into that in here in a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, why not? You're, you're right. Why not? Uh, so the next match, and this match here, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the ending of it. Uh, it it kind of, I don't, the next two matches actually uh, were pretty good matches. However, the ending kind of took away from them. Uh, so the first one is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, we both had Brock Lesnar to win. But if I knew he was going to win like that, I'd have probably picked Bobby Lashley. He, he rose him up on his back after Bobby Lashley pretty much destroying him the entire match. Now, I don't know if this was done because we're going to see uh, where he did put on the hurt lock. If we're going to see a uh, Bobby Lashley turn heel. Uh, I did. I do believe that this wasn't the last match, and of course, it's not now. They're going to do more. This match was originally scheduled for day one, uh, the pay per view at the first year that they've actually canceled now and not are not going to have. Uh, so they pushed it here. I just, I, I mean, I understand that you want to have a rubber match in this. I, I get it, but the way it ended kind of took away from Bobby Lashley. Uh, everything he did during the whole match. You know, when they're having a match, anybody having a match, uh, good wrestlers, and these are two bohemus, you're telling a story throughout the match. And the way this match ended, uh, I didn't care much for it, to be honest with you. I thought it, I thought it had potential to be great and still the show maybe, uh, especially Bobby Lashley. Man, he looked strong in this match. And then attacking Brock Lesnar and leaving him there you know that that's not going to fly. So you know that Brock Lesnar is going to, I don't know when, but he's going to come back, show up soon, and take out his frustration on Bobby Lashley. So this isn't the last of it. However, I did not enjoy the ending of it. Your thoughts? I actually kind of have to disagree on that one uh, Kentucky guy. I thought the way they booked it was pretty smart because for the first time in quite a while, we saw someone dominate Brock Lesnar in a match for a good portion of it. Now, obviously, Brock hit some of his signature moves. He hit the German suplexes. He hit the F5. But Bobby Lashley controlled the um, controlled the flow of a good uh, bit of this match, and it looked like he was going to finish off Brock. And I thought the finish was a little creative. It's not something you expect from these two guys. And it, it actually is a classic finish. I mean, they used to do this type of finish in the NWA all the time where a wrestler would have a, another wrestler in some sort of pinning combination, and then the guy on the bottom's shoulders were down, and that's how they'd end up losing the match. So it was a little bit of a throwback in that sense. And I do think it was smart what they did at the end of the match by having Bobby Lashley attack Brock Lesnar and put him in the hurt lock again. I've said it before, Bobby Lashley's so much better as a dominant heel. And right now... Brock Lesnar is really over with the crowd, so it makes sense for him to essentially be the babyface by default in this feud. One hundred percent, there's going to be a rubber match, which I can't, which I can't wait for. Hopefully, they're going to add some sort of stipulation to it to make it even more intense. 
you know, maybe they'll make it a, maybe they'll make it a submission match or something like that, which I think would be cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind the ending because I know this isn't the end to the feud. Yeah, I just, uh, I guess where I haven't seen an ending like that in so long, uh, it just, it, I don't know, it just, it left, me, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And it's not because I'm a huge Brock Lesnar fan or Bobby Lashley fan. Uh, it's basically just Bobby Lashley destroyed him that entire match. Uh, and you notice that he kept using the hurt lock. Uh, so maybe we'll see a reunion with the uh, MVP. I don't know. Uh, so going into the next match, MVP's guy, MVP was not there. Uh, Braun Strowman took him out on SmackDown uh, the night before. So he was not in Saudi Arabia. Uh, the match was Braun Strowman versus Omos. Now here, and you'll probably disagree with this as well, but I didn't like the ending of this match, and I'll tell you why. Omos looked awesome. He looked, and I'm not a fan of this guy at all, but he looked great. He dominated Braun Strowman the entire match. The entire match, he dominated him, and then Braun Strowman picks him up and power slams him and gets a one, two, three. Don't get me wrong. I understand why Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar needed to win these matches because in Saudi Arabia, all you had to do was watch the crowd. These these guys could have been hills. It didn't matter. That crowd loved them. They needed to be the winners. However, man, you you have such a great match. And actually, I think Braun Strowman in the Omos match could have stole the show if the final ending was different. I'm not saying Omos had to win, but at least let Braun Strowman do a little bit more damage than just a running power slam. Your thoughts? Well, I was definitely impressed by the running power slam because it wasn't like he just picked Amas up and slammed him down immediately. He held him up there for a couple of seconds and then did the running power slam. So that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, my, my opinions actually changed a little bit from this since um, since watching the match. I do agree that I expected Braun Strowman to win this match and I understand why he won and I wouldn't have saying I wouldn't have booked it differently. But I do agree with you. Amos looked pretty good in this match overall. Um, not amazing, but he certainly wasn't like great Kali bad or anything like that. (laughs) He looked somewhat competent in the ring at least. And, um, did a good job selling the punches during the match uh, from Braun Strowman. I will say there, so he's getting a little bit, bit better at selling. Um, but yeah, I do agree that if he's supposed to be so powerful, shouldn't it take more than one, uh, running power slam? Shouldn't it take that at the minimum, maybe two to put him down? Um, so yeah, it's uh, the match. It's you know two thirds of the match. I thought were booked pretty well. Ending felt a tiny bit abrupt, but I still think the right guy ended up winning. Yeah, I agree. The right guy won. Uh, that's why I picked him. Here's the thing. Just like you said, the ending was abrupt. Braun Strowman. There's a match where he fought Brock Lesnar a few years ago. He hit. Five, five of those running uh, power slam moves and still didn't defeat Brock Lesnar. He hits one. Okay, he held him up for a minute. Okay, that's great. He's a powerful guy. We know that, even though he does wear uh, Christmas pants now in the ring. Uh, He holds him up, but he hits one. 
one. That's it. So, I don't know. I think Omos showed me, anyways, that he could be, with a little bit more work, actually uh, pretty good in this business. That's the first time that I've ever said that about that guy. He actually looked good, and I was surprised because MVP wasn't there. So, yeah, pleasantly surprised. Uh, the next match. Oh, my God, the next match. This this <laughs> this match here, uh, I don't really even want to talk about it, but we will. Uh, this is the match where I just wanted to take my shoe off and throw it through the screen of the television at the end. I was so mad. And it was a steel cage match between Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. I had Karrion Cross the win. You had Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre did win the match. Uh, <laughs> he did win the match. Now, I did find out today, today, yes, that he was actually very sick, Drew McIntyre was, with the flu. So he won the match. Here's the, here's the thing. I, I Everybody knows how I feel about Drew McIntyre. I'm not going to harp on that. What I can't stand is this guy wins this match, and you would thought that he just won the world heavyweight title the way he was parading around that ring in the cage. It, it, it didn't make any sense to me. You thought this guy just won. He just dethroned Roman Reigns or something. I mean, dude, you're an idiot. You had your match. You got lucky. Karrion Cross still looks strong as can be, and he's still a competitor for that title, I believe. Why? I, I just, I don't know. Your thoughts, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Your thoughts? <laughs> Uh, well, listen, I think our, I think our friend Karrion Cross is going to bounce back from this loss because he didn't take a pinfall or submission loss. Drew happened to escape the cage a, a millisecond before he did. And that was also a classic spot. The whole like race to escape the cage uh, that used to happen in matches many years ago. Um, again, I'm glad that Scarlett jumped in and tried to interfere. Cause I, I said it, it's either going to be one of those cases where she'll interfere and help Karrion Cross win or she'll interfere and it'll backfire, which technically it didn't backfire. It's just their timing was off, and that's why Drew was able to escape the cage before carrying cross. This is my biggest issue, not with this match, but with modern-day steel cage matches in general. It needs to be either two wrestlers are locked in the cage, and the first person to escape wins the match, or we... We cover the we cover the cage similar to like we do in a Hell in a Cell match, and pinfall or submission determines the winner. Not this whole you've got the option to escape the cage or pin or submit your opponent. I don't like that. It, it needs to be one or the other in a in a steel cage match, in my opinion, because um, that's the way it used to be. But uh, I think Karrion Cross is gonna is gonna bounce back from this. I I, I don't think it's gonna hurt him in the long run. My last point I just want to make about Drew McIntyre is I think it's time for McIntyre to turn heel because, in my opinion, he's now officially, in my book, turned really stale as a babyface. He needs to go to Impact Wrestling or something, just get away. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, how he acted at the end of the match? Did you catch that or... I, at that point, I was a little tuned out, I, you know, not really paying attention to the post-match celebration. I, um, but yeah, I mean, he celebrated. Yeah. Like he, like it was such a big deal. And I'm like, all right, dude, you escaped the cage first. Just settle down. <laughs> well, Hey, I'm glad you came to your senses there. You're absolutely right. 
Uh, he acted like he won uh, something big. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Anyways, this match here. Now, the next match, this is the match, I think, besides the Roman Reigns and Logan Paul main event, which the main event should be uh, the match of the night. But this match here stole the show as well. And this was the Bloodline, the undisputed tag team championship match. Uh, the Usos versus the Brawling Brutes. Uh, we both had the Usos to win. They did win. Here's one of those matches, though. And I have to be honest. I was on the edge of my seat. I There was so many times that I thought Butch was going to get that upset pin on Jay or Jimmy. And I seen Rich Hollins improve again. Every time I see this guy now, he's improving. I mentioned on the last episode I saw him live and was very impressed. But he impressed, this team impressed me in this match. Now, the Usos, they have to fight the New Day on Friday. Uh, I, I don't know why. To try to stop their reign or what have you from beating the New Day's record. I did notice that Big E is now on commercials for WWE. I'm just wondering how close he is to actually coming back. I just thought that this match here really showed, first of all, showed the teamwork of the bloodline, the Usos at the end. But it also showed how great, and what a stupid name, the Brawling Brutes, but how great this tag team could be. Uh, I was very impressed with this match, and and I'm, I've got to be honest. I in, in my mind, I thought the Usos were going to win this match all along, but at, there was times I had doubts, and I was like, what, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, and those are the kind of matches I love. I love, keep me guessing, because that's what I'm in this for. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, definitely kept this on the edge of our seat. I actually wish this match would have gotten a few more minutes, believe it or not, because um, I was really, I was really getting into it—the near falls and everything on both uh, on both sides—and um, it had a really good conclusion, like you said. Ridge Holland show, showing a lot of uh, improvement in the ring. Pete Dunn—I refuse to call him Butch—always <laughs> um, impresses in the ring. Lots of cool uses of those uh, of those old like. Uh, limb stretching moves that he used to do in NXT um, and, and NXT UK, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they had us on the edge of our seat. There's no question about it. Um, and it still begs the question, who is eventually going to dethrone the Usos um, somewhere down the line? But uh, yeah, solid match. And I, I don't think we need Usos versus New Day again, but my my question is: Would you rather see the Usos versus the New Day or the Usos versus Hit Row? <laughs> Man, don't get me started on Hit Row, uh, the Big Dollar or whatever his name is. I, I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you know they had a Shinsei Nakamura tag team with those jerks. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, I, I can't even believe you brought them up. You threw my train of th- off, <laughs> uh, but the Usos looked uh, strong. Here's something odd: that press conference the night before Crown Jewel, when everybody first arrived in Saudi Arabia, the crowd was chanting for Sami Zayn, and Roman Reigns says, "The way you guys have acted tonight, you don't deserve Sami." Sami Zayn evidently was not in Saudi Arabia at all. I looked for him. I thought he'd at least come out during the Roman Reigns' match. 
And yeah, so I haven't heard. Have you heard anything at all, even in the dirt sheets about his appearance or what happened to him? Well, they're actually, um, Sami Zayn is, is one of the few wrestlers who typically refuses to go to Saudi Arabia when WWE travels there for their events. Um, and I think it's a combination of his like own ethnic background and just the fact that he, just from a political standpoint, is not a supporter of the nation of Saudi Arabia. Good for him. You know what? That just caused me to be more of a Sam. I don't know how I can be any more, but more of a Sami Zayn uh, fan. Good for him. I didn't know that. I think that's great. Uh, okay, so we have the ah, man. Whew, so many disappointments. <laughs> the overall, and I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way now uh, because this uh, this next one's going to give me hyper again. Uh, I have to say that overall, the crown jewel exceeded my expectation. This is not a pay-per-view that I look forward to every year. This is not even in my top 15 pay-per-views. However, it did. It was pretty good. Very good. I still think that WWE could do away with this pay-per-view. Just to be honest about it, uh, they don't need the money, and they should have a little bit more ethical uh, beliefs about them. But, hey, what have you, right? It's wrestling. It's a business. Uh, but it did exceed my expectations, and that has to do with the writers and creative control. The next match was Raw's Women's Championship. <sighs> Ponytail Girl versus Bailey. Last man standing match. I had Bailey to win. Uh, you had Bianca Belair to win. Bianca Belair was the winner because she cheated. She grabs a ladder, and I don't care if it's the last person standing match and there's no disqualifications. She hems Bailey in this ladder and, and puts her under the rope and traps her. Bailey looks strong. This Bailey looks strong this entire match, and she should not leave there with her head hung down. My head was hung down because here's what I can't figure out. Where is the freaking control damage uh, faction when you have a no disqualification last man, last woman standing match and your boss, the reason why you're back in the company is trapped in a ladder. Why aren't you out there freeing her or trying to do a distraction or something? You're nowhere to be seen, but yet she's always there for you. That bugs me. I don't understand it. Your thoughts? So I have to stop for a second and correct you, Kentucky guy, because you mentioned that Bianca cheated by using a ladder. Well, who first tried to trap Bianca against the ring using the steel ring steps? Who tried to commit vehicular homicide against her with a golf cart? Who tried to lock her into one of those stage crew kits like she was a like she was uh, getting like, uh, you know, a, a fish gets locked in one of those seashells and the in the ocean. So she was giving Bailey a taste of her own medicine. She was being resourceful. And that's why she's the raw women's champion. How dare you? How dare you? Do you not recall when Bianca Belair drove that golf cart with Bailey helplessly laying on the roof? And you want to say Bailey almost committed vehicular homicide? Come on. And Bailey was trapped in that case as well. Come on, come on. What are your thoughts about damage control? Did you wonder where they were or no? Yeah, I did wonder because to no disqualification match, 
you would think they'd come out to, to help their leader. And there was no sign of them at all in the entire match. If anything, I figured they would have come out and then that would have prompted Asuka and Alexa Bliss to come out. And we would have had a six woman brawl for a brief period, but that didn't happen. Yeah. And it would have been all legal. It'd have been all legal. It, it, the the perfect time, I, I, I don't know what they're doing here. I know that they continue. They don't let, they're not letting Bailey look weak. However, she's still not won the title. We still have to deal with this ponytail uh, girl who uh, gets up on top of the ropes and slaps her butt at people. God, I can't stand her. <laughs> Anyways, the next match, uh, once again, this isn't in order, but earlier that night, we had a women's tag team championship match. Asuka and Alexa Bliss, who were the current champions, versus Damage Control. Uh, we both picked Damage Control to win. They did win. However, it was kind of surprising how they won. Uh, that crazy girl who wanted to be a superhero, now she, I don't know what she is. Uh, now she's a villain, uh, Nikki Cross. I actually like her better at this. Then the superhero gimmick she was doing uh, for far too long. Uh, she actually got a hold of Alexa Bliss on the top rope and basically cost her the match. Uh, a lot of interesting things, and I'll get more into Alexa Bliss after we talk about this match. Uh, a lot of interesting things right now with Alexa Bliss that happened uh, during the uh, Crown Jewel. But yeah, so what are you, what were your thoughts about this match? Oh, well, I, well, first of all, I agree with you on Nikki Cross. She's back in a in a gimmick that fits her much more than being a wannabe superhero. Um, the right team won this match. We both got we both predicted correctly. But this was my problem with this match from the very beginning. Why not just have the the initial match between the two teams on Raw and have it end in a disqualification or something so that you can have a rematch here and don't have to play hot potato with the women's tag team belts where one team has to constantly lose the belts one week and then three weeks later drops it back to another team let damage control just hold the titles for a while to make them look strong and then whoever beats them down the line it'll actually mean something we need to start building up the women's titles which wwe has yet to do the only time i could think of that they even built the titles up a little bit were during uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey's second reign as the champions at one point. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I don't like the way they treat the women's tag team titles at all in WWE. No, they, they're meaningless. They are. They're, they're meaningless. Uh, speaking of Sasha Banks, uh, it was reported in the last report that I read, and I noticed it when it happened, Sasha Banks and Naomi were in the opening credits of Crown Jewel again. Interesting. I heard that it was, originally I heard that it was intentional, but the reports that I've read today preparing for the show uh, from an executive of the WWE stated that it was not intentional. It was a mistake. I think those two are back. I think we're going to see them back soon. Have you looked into this, or what are your thoughts? I haven't been too close to this topic as of late, but I but it is interesting to ponder. We haven't seen them on TV in months, and it does make me wonder if they're going to be back soon. I mean, 
once again, I'll say it, and not to discredit Naomi in any way, but Sasha Banks, to me, should be challenging for either the SmackDown or the Raw women's title, not chasing the women's uh, tag team belts. She's too good for that. Yeah, I don't think they should be brought back as a tag team. I think Naomi should be a part of the bloodline with her husband, and I think uh, Sasha's a superstar. I'm not saying anything, I'm like you, I'm not saying anything negative towards Naomi, but she does need that extra person uh, or people around her. Sasha Banks does not. I uh, would love to see her and Ronda Rousey have a feud for a while. I think it'd be great. Also, you mentioned Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, and I think that would be a great feud. But And I thought about this uh, yesterday and meant to write it down. I don't know why I didn't, but it just came to me. I'd like to see Logan Paul's next opponent be Matt Riddle. I think that would be awesome. Both of these guys are strikers. Uh, I think the match would be off the charts. And that, and I'm talking about a healthy Logan Paul. Any thoughts on that? I hadn't even thought about that, but I would very much tune into that. All right, so that's all the matches from Crown Jewel. But that's not everything that happened at Crown Jewel. Bray Wyatt comes out to the ring. And Bray Wyatt does a couple things. First of all, before he comes out, earlier that night, uh, Baron is uh, Byron is doing an interview with the, at that time, tag team uh, ladies champions, Oscar uh, and Alexa Bliss. Everybody ignores it except the less Alexa Bliss. The Bray Wyatt's, I guess you can call it his, his new logo, the Upside Down Firefly, displays. And we see glimpses of Uncle Howdy. And I'm on the edge of my seat, man. When I seen that and I caught it, I didn't catch it at first. Uh, and then somebody, somebody texted me or something. And uh, I went back and, and watched it. And when I seen that, I was like, yep, they're losing the women's tag team title. Uh, they're going to do, they're going with a complete different direction. Forget about Liv Morgan. Uh, it's Alexa Bliss, and I'm here for it. Now, and, and I'll get your comments on that here in just a second. So Ray comes out, and Ray does something that he's never really done before. He starts talking about his family. He doesn't mention like Black Jack Mulligan or uh, his father or his uh, his uncle, but he talks about the wrestling family that he grew up in and how he had to be the best out of all of them. And then once again, he's interrupted. And I think the crowd, the crowd got to Bray in real life. He broke character there for just a moment because he was telling the crowd that uh, no one loves him. They love the idea of him. And this crowd went crazy uh, as soon as he came out there. But they went crazy saying, we love you, we, we do, and uh, you, you could kind of tell he broke character just a little bit, and that's fine. That's fine. This guy's been through a lot in the last year. But Uncle Howdy comes back. And I don't know who this guy is. Man, he sounds just like Bray. Uh, I, I don't know if it's uh, – I, I don't know. I don't know if he's supposed to be a, a like a, a Mankind and Cactus Jack. and I, I have no – or if it's his natural brother or uh, Barry Windham. I, I have no idea who this guy is. But he comes out. He is the leader. So we know that now. Uncle Howdy is the leader. Ray is not leading this faction or split personality, whatever it is. And I agree with you. 
cannot keep dragging this out. You've got to give us some answers. We got a little bit, a little bit, a taste, but we're going to have to have some solid answers, and we're going to have to see Bray Wyatt in the ring soon. We're just going, I mean, that's two pay-per-views now. We're going to have to see him in the ring. I'm not saying he has to challenge for a title. So Uncle Howdy comes on there, and Bray completely stops talking. Uh, one thing I've noticed is every time this guy interrupts Bray, Bray does not yell or say anything to this guy directly, ever. And on SmackDown, the night before, he's walking around backstage, Bray is, and he's talking about people interrupting him. He's talking about Uncle Howdy. However, this poor guy working in the back <laughs> interrupts him. And Bray, he doesn't hit him or anything, but he kind of loses it on the guy. And here's the thing that caught me. When he was going and he was at his most agitated in that segment on SmackDown, he went to pull like a mask or something off in his face, but there was no mask there. I'm just wondering if they are going to bring the Fiend back for one last rendezvous or one last, you know, few segments or what have you. And are they doing what I think they're doing and they're going to Uncle Howdy is going to control Alexa Bliss. She's much better in that character, I think, than what she's doing now. So, what are your thoughts, buddy? Um, yeah, it was a lot to unpack. And, you know, Bray, once again, did a great job cutting a promo. Uh, and I did notice that, just like you pointed out, the fact that uh, he did kind of break character at one point, which I think was fine for this segment. Um, sometimes you've got to blur the lines between reality and uh, what's scripted um, as long as you don't overdo it again. Um, I still can't figure out who the uncle howdy character is. I don't know if it's just another personality of Ray's or if uncle howdy is going to be unmasked as someone else. Um, There definitely is some sort of tie in to Alexa bliss. She's going to tie into this in some way. Um, but I do agree with you. It's like we've got we've got to get some answers and we have to get them within the next few weeks because Survivor Series is right around the corner. And personally, I think that would be a perfect time to finally f- finally tell us what is going on, like really giving us some just concrete answers because you can't afford to keep dragging it out. And yeah, he does. Bray Wyatt, I know it's been a while, but he does need to get back into the ring and start wrestling some matches. Not saying he's got to wrestle every week on SmackDown. But even if it's just at premium live events, he's, he's got to get back in the ring. Yeah, he's got to show stuff on television at least once here in the near future, I think. We, we, we've got to have some type of direction. Okay, you, okay, you want to be a better version of yourself that you were last time. We get it. We got it. Got it. This is the real you. And don't get me wrong. I'm one of those guys. I've been waiting for Bray Wyatt and The Fiend to come back for a long time. We get, we get it. You're not happy with the way things ended. What's your direction now, though, is what we need to know. And here's the thing. I, the reason why the Alexa Bliss thing really intrigues me, and we won't spend the entire episode on it. We'll, we'll move on. But it intrigues me because the last time we seen her with The Fiend, she turned on The Fiend and cost him the match with Randy Orton. So there's unfinished business there. I don't know how they'll finish it, but you're going to have to address that sooner or later, I would think, if you're going to have any possibility 
of bringing her character back into the fold, either against or with uh, that faction. I mean, she could be who, like, like you said, we don't know who this Uncle Howdy is. He could actually be uh, against Bray Wyatt. You know, he's called him a liar several times. Uh, he's told him that he couldn't hide from him. And he also told him to uh, just don't take the mask off. Don't take it off. But he kept saying to Crown Jewel, which was odd. He wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. All right, so let's move on. Uh, SmackDown results. Ricochet versus L.A. Knight. The winner, L.A. Knight. Uh, Gunther defends his uh, Intercontinental Championship. And I don't really have a whole lot to say, and I'll come back to you. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about the Ricochet L.A. Knight uh, match. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say about any of the SmackDown results. I thought it was uh, kind of a boring show besides the Bray Wyatt stuff, to be honest. Uh, And the the Usos, of course. Uh, Gunther defends uh, his Intercontinental Championship uh, successfully against uh, Rey Mysterio. I will have to say that that match would have looked a lot better if they'd have waited one night on the crown jewel because Rey Mysterio put on a heck of a fight, and I, that match was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Sonya Deville, no disqualification match. Uh, once again, we see Liv Morgan with her smile. I do not think now uh, that she is a part of the... Bray Wyatt, anything that's happening. Uh, she is doing the cutesy uh, Harley Quinn crap again. Uh, and she's always done that. If you go back and look at her before she was ever champion, uh, she done the same stuff with the weird smile and that. I don't I don't think she's turning heel. I, I, I just think that uh, she's going to get lost in the shuffle. That's just my opinion. Because uh, she's, for the last three weeks, the only person that she's focused on is Sonya Deville, which is Sonya Deville's career is behind her. So doesn't make any sense. And then we have Shayna Baszler, and she defeated Natalia, and then she attacked Natalia, uh, and doing the bidding of Ronda Rousey. I would like to see those two actually go after the te- the female. Uh, t- you talk about putting legitimacy on the uh, women's tag team titles. There you go, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Ronda Rousey's got to be a heel. She's got to be a heel. She fights like she's just like Shayna Baszler. They're just better as heels. They fight like hills, and they have the attitude. And I think she's starting to, I think Shayna Baszler is actually bringing that out of her, which I enjoy it. I'm good with that. Uh, so your thoughts, sir? Yeah, I mean, really, except for the uh, gunther Ray Mysterio match, there wasn't anything of note that happened on SmackDown, which is unfortunate because SmackDown was a show that was firing all, on, on all cylinders for a while while Raw was just delivering mediocre show after mediocre show. But you might actually have to go in the opposite direction now and say that Raw as a weekly show has been a little bit more interesting than SmackDown. Um, of course, it'd be interesting to see what the fallout is from Crown Jewel on Monday night. Um, well, tonight, excuse me. Um, but uh, yeah, not a, not a real lot to comment on, except I agree with you that Jaina Baszler and Ronda Rousey would make a great tag team especially if they held the women's tag team titles. Yeah. um, The one thing that uh, the one thing I'll have to disagree with you on is normally SmackDown's a lot better than what it was this week. Uh, Not tremendously. I mean, it's not great. It's not stealing the, the the thunder like it was uh, uh, pun intended, by the way, WCW Thursday night thunder. Uh, Anyways, 
<clears throat> I think a lot of their main people were already on their way or already in Saudi Arabia, I think is one of the reasons why we didn't really get, you know, we didn't get the normal, you know, Roman reigns, bloodline. We just didn't get that stuff. So uh, the Raw card for Monday Night Raw is empty the last time I checked. They have not <laughs> scheduled, uh, or at least they may, they probably have it all scheduled out, but they have not released it uh, by the time that we're recording this podcast. Uh, the Dynamite match card, which is two days away, is full. So I'll go over the Dynamite match card from AEW, because we haven't really talked about AEW at all uh, this episode. Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara, two out of three falls match will happen this Wednesday on Dynamite. I think that that's going to be an interesting match. Uh, remember that they're uh, at the next pay-per-view. It's going to be Brian Danielson, Sammy Guevara, uh, Chris Jericho, and somebody else. I can't think of who it is. Uh, for the- uh, Claudio, Claudio Castagnoli. Okay, it's a four-way dance for the Ring of Honor title, right? Yeah. That's right. Yep. All right, so that, that should be interesting. Uh, then we have your girl, Jamie Hayter. Uh, this is on Dynamite versus Sky Blue. Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. Oh, my goodness. Tony Khan could not go two months in a row without one. Yes, they're having an AEW world title eliminator tournament. And this will be one of the first matches. Eddie Kingston versus Ethan Page. The Acclaim. This is an interesting match here. The Acclaim and FTR versus Swerve and Our Glory and the Gun Club. There could be all kinds of ramifications from that match because, as we know, FTR believes, and I believe it also, they should be the AEW Tag Team Champions. Britt Baker and uh, Paige will come face-to-face on Wednesday. doesn't say that they're going to actually wrestle, and we're supposed to hear about John Moxley. Uh, any opinions, sir, on the dynamite match card? So, um, I think Jamie Hayter is going to score an easy victory against Sky Blue. She typically, unless she's in the ring with somebody who's a really competitive opponent, she always looks dominant. Um, I'd like to see Ethan Page make short work of Eddie Kingston in the world title eliminator match. I think he has a lot more potential than uh, Eddie Kingston does. Um, the eight-man tag match will be interesting. I'm I'm predicting a victory for Swerve and Our Glory and the Gun Club. Um, I think so, I think for some reason because FTR is gunning, excuse the pun, for the AEW tag team titles that they and the acclaimed I think are going to not be on the same page, and it's going to cost them. And uh, let's see the other match with oh uh, Brian Danielson, Sammy Guevara should be a great match. A lot of fun. Uh, I anticipate that they're going to have Brian Danielson win this one to go into full gear with a little bit of momentum on his side. Um, even though I think it's going to be way too early for Chris Jericho to drop the Ring of Honor title. I don't think that's happening at full gear. And then as far as uh, John Moxley is concerned, um, 
Did they say we're going to hear from or hear about John Moxley? Hear from him. He's going to be there doing an interview. All right. Well, I, I could, I, I could see him being out there to cut a promo, and maybe he gets interrupted by the number one contender for the AEW World Championship, MJF. That's my boy. It's about time. He wasn't on there last week, so he needs to come back and uh, address the elephant in the room. Of, uh, I thought it was his faction, but the firm. I guess they're not. Uh, so let's go over real quickly, and we'll end uh, the episode for this evening. Uh, Rampage match results. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, uh, she teamed up with uh, Jamie Hayter. Uh, they easily, I thought this was an easy victory for them. Uh, they went against Madison Rain, which I, I enjoy Madison Rain, and I'm glad she's in AEW. I don't know why they're teaming her with Sky Blue. Uh, but they did lose the match, and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter won. Uh, Mike Tyson returned to commentary for one match. One match. Does not match. <laughs> Why would you fly? Uh, okay, he returned for one match to commentate on. Uh, Ricky Starks comes out, and he officially enters into the tournament, Eliminator Tournament for the AEW World Championship. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Kachura uh, Sabate for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I hated how this match won. Shabati uh, actually looked, uh, or how this match ended, Shabati looked great. I think he would make an outstanding Atlantic City uh, champion. However, they did let Orange Cassidy retain the belt. And he actually put his sunglasses. I thought it was disrespectful. Uh, I would have liked to seen Shibati just knock the crap out of him when he done that. But he put his sunglasses on him. I guess it's in some weird way it's a sign of uh, respect. Uh, then it shows Sammy Guevara when he actually challenges Brian Danielson to a two out of three match on Dynamite that we just spoke about. That's going to be a great match. I think Sammy may surprise you on this one. Uh, he has put enough people over uh, he's due for a big victory over somebody, I think. Uh, just my opinion. And then we've seen Warjo, Warlow, and Samojo versus the Gates of Agony. Uh, and Warjo won, of course. However, I am telling you, I don't know about this guy that's managing this group, but the Gates of Agony have some real potential, real potential of running away with the tag team division I just think they have the wrong mouthpiece. Just my opinion. Your thoughts, sir? Well, again, I think a lot of the matches on Rampage, there was little to no drama as far as who was going to win. There wasn't. There pretty much wasn't any doubt. Um, Shibata, you know, despite the fact that he's a, a legit threat to Orange Cassidy in the All-Atlantic Championship, I, I was not surprised that he lost here. You know, the whole thing with them posing with him with the sunglasses on, uh, it popped the crowd, but just kind of left me scratching my head. Um, Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter winning, you know, that that made total sense. I honestly would love to see the fact that Madison Rain is in AEW. I'd actually love to see her align herself with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. I think that would be a great uh, faction right there. The Beautiful um, People 2.0. Yeah, I see it. I mean, why not? 
you can call them something else. You don't have to call them the beautiful people, but I think it would be a great, I think it'd be a much better use of Madison Rain than what they're doing right now, which is just pairing her up with random partners and having her lose. Um, and then, yeah, the Gates of Agony looked good again in their tag team match. I mean, I know they lost ultimately because right now, I mean, Joe and Wardlow are both champions, so you have to make them look strong. Um, but uh be interesting to see what happens with that tag team going forward. Prince Nana, I've always had kind of mixed feelings on him as a manager, dating back to his days uh, leading the embassy in Ring of Honor, like the old Ring of Honor. Um, honestly, I don't even feel like Brian Cage, who also is a part of the embassy, that he really needs a mouthpiece. I think he can cut good enough promos on his own. So why they're pairing him with Prince Nana, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my uh, my only thoughts for Rampage this week. Yeah, Brian Cage... Uh, it's funny you bring him up even when he was in lucha underground uh i think he just went by the machine there i don't think he actually uses his full name even when he was there they had him in a with a manager and you're right he can do promos uh they had him under taz and yeah i i don't know here's the thing the only thing i'm wondering i'm wondering two things about that match I'm wondering what role is Powerhouse Hobbs really going to play? Does he are they going to give him a legitimate chance against Warlow for that title? And when is Joe going to turn on Warlow to go after Warlow's title and break up this group? It's going to happen. It's written in stone, going to happen. What are your thoughts? I actually hadn't even thought about that, and that's a really good point it would make a lot more sense for Joe to go after the TNT title than for the two of them to, to team together. And if I read correctly, I think we have Ring of Honor final battle coming up. It's either this month or next month. Um, and Joe's going to probably defend the TV title. And a scenario I could picture is maybe if Wardlow tries to come out and try to help Joe retain the title, it might backfire on him. And at that point, that could be the the, the uh, way to turn Joe against Wardlow and have the two of them then feud over the AEW TNT title. Yeah, I mean, that's always been Samoa Joe's M.O. Uh, in TNA, I've seen him turn on Sting, uh, on uh, Kurt Angle at different times, uh, Christopher Daniels, uh, Jay Lethal at one time, they were tag team, uh, uh, AJ Styles, and he didn't really have to have a reason, so... That's why I said that. I, I, I can see that happening. Uh, one of them do, do have to lose. You're absolutely right. One of these two have to lose their title. And then it's like, okay, I need a title. I'm top dog in their mind. And there they go. So looking forward to that. But, uh, Mr. Cage, that is all I have for this episode. Do you have anything else, sir? No, sir. I think I've spoken my piece for the night. Fantastic. Also, guys, I did forget to mention this. Uh, if you're on YouTube, we are going to be live streaming Survivor Series War Games on November 26th. The Kentucky, the KY Guy 80 is the username on YouTube. If you want to go on there and follow, just so you'll get notified when the live stream starts, and we're going to run some test runs on there as well. Uh, Donnie and myself, just to make sure we go off without a hitch. 
I kind of have a feeling that this may turn into something if it's going to be, if it ends up being as much fun as I think it's going to be. So could be interesting. Could be interesting. And we want to get to know you guys. I, I know some of you through email, but we want to get to know you and chat with you. So be sure to join us on the 26th. All right. So you've been listening to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast with your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy and Donnie Cage. Thank you guys so much for joining. And as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys.